Richard. Paul Ford. How are you? I'm good. You're home today with a sick kid. Yeah, but all good. Um, uh, I'm Rich Ziotti. Look at you being a CEO of a startup, but also a nurturing father. Yeah, well. Yeah, don't tell anyone. Um, Yeah. I'm Paul Ford. We are the co-founders of Aboard, a startup that lets you organize just about anything, including links from the web, data, files, and put them into beautiful cards that you can move around with your friends. Yes. You're going to find value in data and information that you thought was just a pile of mess, but it actually turns out to be beautiful and organized. If you just come on into a board, that's what I would say. That's what I'm telling you. I like it. I like your pitch. Fun changes coming to the board. We'll talk about them in a future podcast. We might hijack one and make it one giant sponsored podcast. But for now, it is our sponsor. We say this a lot. What do we say, Rich? We say we've seen beautiful software fail and very mediocre, downright ugly software succeed incredibly. Yes. Why, Paul? Why? I blame the users who no, are wrong. Users. You're not allowed to do that. You're, <laughs> no, you're not, not allowed? allowed to blame the users. No, 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 no. Well, there's actually many categories of this. I think it's a, it's, I'm curious as to where you're going. Here's what often happens from my point of view I see people try to solve a problem and they use all the right tools. They use great design and they use good modern coding practices and it's elegant and it's beautiful, but the problem is a problem in the founder's head and not a problem that people have in the world. I think the founder thinks they're being empathetic. Yes, but they often have too much money to be empathetic. <laughs> that's fair. That's no, fair. I, that is a, that's a real thing. Like I've, I've met many, many times very, very successful people because they gravitate to software will come to us and be like, got to do this one thing. And it'd be, you know, it's literally like we need a better system for organizing and sharing jewelry yeah. among ultra high net worth individuals on the Internet. And you'll be like, well, that's, oh. that's madness. That's madness. <laughs> I, I'm talking more about like, why would you do things that way? There's a better way. You've been doing it wrong all along. And sometimes they demonize whatever tool you currently Um, use. This is the pitch. This is their pitch. That's their pitch, right? Okay. But it often doesn't work. Okay. It often doesn't work because people don't buy in. And then flip the script, cut to utterly mediocre, kind of lousy software that is wildly successful because of sales. Yeah. Like I don't mean sales as in like it's on sale 30% off. I mean there are organizations, there are companies, there are brands that go out of their way to connect with you on a personal level. Like and I, I don't mean that in like oh, welcome to uh Denny's. Can I show you your table? I don't mean that. I mean on a personal level like they see the buyer as a human being. Yes. And they connect, they, they want them to feel like they're succeeding and they want their emotions to feel good and they sell that way. And and when you say those words, software features and how you've been working wrong the whole time kind of melts away and it doesn't matter. Well, you know, the other thing, software is so malleable. So 
you know, okay, I can call you up and I can say, Rich, I have a great solution for you. And you can say, does it have the ability to put purple hats on every photo? And I can go, absolutely. Not only absolutely, it's like, you know, we've heard ideas. That's one of the best I've heard. And then I can go back to my team and say, purple hats by Thursday or a <laughs> rain of fire comes down upon you. <laughs> if, if you're there... That's what sales is like sales is sale people on enterprise in, in sort of like there's this sort of big mysterious category of software. There's a funny thing that happens with software and with technology in general, Richard, which is that people accrue this sort of like magical thinking around different categories. So like crypto, it's money. Well, no, it's actually just software. But everybody was like, I think we can, you know, let's let's treat it like it's money. But it was just code mm -hmm. running on a computer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It could yep. run on any old computer. Yeah. Enterprise is software that isn't done. Ever. Yeah. And it's software Ever. that you can't yeah. you can't pick it up and buy it off the shelf because it solves problems like we do a lot of textile manufacturing in Brazil, which has a very onerous tax strategy, yeah, and uh, or tax taxation system, and we need a system that can account for all of the textiles going in and out of our seven factories. And it's like I cannot go on PCConnection.com and search for those keywords. So instead, a guy named Mike calls me twenty or thirty times a week and says, let me get that for you. Yes, that's right. Look, I, I think we, we have a lot of big changes happening in tech right now, right? There's AI, which is, mm -hmm. like, oh my God, it's coming for your job. And then, Another thing that everybody was like, this is magical and bananas and no one can ever understand how it works. And then you kind of sit down and you're like, I'm starting to figure out how it works. It's technology. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. And it's like, well, there here comes the next trillion dollar wave of I don't know, value creation. Let me just yeah. use those words. Right they now. love trillions too. Yeah. It was going to be yeah. climate. We had AI, then there was like a brief blip where it was going to be climate. And now everybody, or no, sorry, we had crypto, then climate. But cr climate was like an hour and a half. And then everybody's like, no, actually it was AI. Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing that technologists kind of latch onto is that if the tech is incredibly impressive, everyone will come. And look, there are the tinkers, the product managers, the ones that are on like product hunt. And they're like, yeah, well, this is cool. I'm going to use it. I'm going to show it to my cousin and they're going to use it too. No, it works if you're selling to technologists. It works if you're building like a development yeah. environment. Yeah, they're often your evangelists. So it's great when you do that. And then there is a very different, and this is, this is a very sort of circuitous way to get to the point I want to get to. Oh, is there any other way? Is there like... <laughs> Anyway, keep going. Yeah, keep going. exactly. It's called the first eight minutes of every one of our podcasts. <laughs> um, here's what I'm getting at. Tech, it's not just tech. It could be anything. Anything that's like, if I would just add this one feature, if I had variable power windows so that the harder you press the button, the faster the window opens and closes, the more cars I will sell. Yeah, I mean. That, uh, if I could just add the, that one feature to my software, then they will all come. Yeah, you, you're, you're talking about us for the last three years. Yeah, and I'm yeah. talking about a lot of tech companies for the last yeah. three years. And then there is this reality. People will spend hundreds of dollars because a tote bag makes them feel good. Yes, those are two different economic realities. One is I will del deliver value to you and you will mm -hmm. see it and you will say, I want to, I want that value in my own life and I want to use that tool. And that is a good technologist and I love it. And the other is I want to feel the way that that tote bag seems to make her feel. I, I have an emotional connection 
with the product. And I don't mean, and it's fleeting. Often it's, you know what, what highlights this? If you want to know if your feature is going to be the feature that actually blows up sales for you, all you have to do is watch an unboxing video. To me, an unboxing video is commerce translated into emotional satisfaction in the most basic way. The product is nowhere to be found. There's eight layers of cardboard and fine plastic. You know, that there's that material that feels like skin that Apple wraps everything in. I don't know what they call it. It's oh, like a, that, it's, like it's a, sort of like a, a translucent, but so almost like fabric plastic, right? Which I'm is, yeah. convinced they are harvesting the stomachs of little baby lambs. No, no, that's Oompa that Loompa skins from Willy Wonka. Like that's how that works. Yeah. But they understand that. They understand that luxurious emotional moment. And guess what, man? There's no feature set there. <laughs> it's just humans connecting to a thing. People connect to a brand. People line up for a sneaker because they only made 200 pairs of it. I don't know what that's called. I think that's marketing. I well, think that's, I don't know what it is. Now it's, I mean, first of all, statistically, right? Like the, the dopamine rush comes before the, like when the product kind of hits the porch. Yeah. Not, not actually using it. It's the, the, like that moment where you're like, you feel the relief that it's here. Okay, just this like, and I think the pandemic really turned this up because we were just yeah. kind of watching, yeah. watching yeah. the door, just waiting for it to ring. But yeah. unboxing videos, you know, I, I'm I'm in the synth, right? And a synth is worth so much more money if the and I didn't know this when I bought my synth that I really was excited about after uh, we sold our company. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. Boxes, boxes, and there's memes about it, like somebody sitting with like a crappy cardboard box going, I'm about to destroy 50% of the value of my synth collection, like as they throw it in the trash. Um, right. Inbox, inbox, inbox. Like it, it just, it, that is what matters. And I, I think about it a lot because it is zero value is in the box. In fact, most of them are simply cardboard boxes now with no manual. You go get the manual on PDF. There is yeah. a little bit of foam, but not always for the smaller modules and things like that. And yet it represents it represents a few different things. It's sort of the care and the connection and sort of everything around the product is symbolized by this crappy cardboard box. What do you tell the like engineer who worked who's assigned like one ticket for four months to like smooth out the the high frequency sounds <laughs> when it turns out people just you know love opening the box well this is what's tricky there, there's a value there's a disconnect between the value we think we're putting into products and the value consumers and humans seem to see in them I feel like we're as guilty of it as anyone else. Onboarding in a board was always an afterthought. And then we just came to realize how absolutely critical it was because it was really the unboxing of the software is the onboarding well, experience. As right? technologists, right, what we tend to do is believe that code and design are enough. That's right. The lesson we have learned very painfully over 10 years and that we will continue to learn is that it's not meaningless. Like this, I, I think it's really easy to be like, ah, you can sell them any old garbage as long as you put a big enough ribbon on it. Yeah. There's some, there's some truth in that. I mean, look at Tesla automobiles, like the Cybertruck, right? Like it's sort yeah. of, but that's not actually true. Like the product, 
you know, I'll give you an example. It's the whole experience, right? So it's like you read the reviews and it's a really special one. This one's important. And you, you really kind of, you think about it for a while and you're like, ah, it's a little too pricey for me. I promised myself I wouldn't do it. But then like a month or two goes by and you're like, well, I did set a budget, you know? <laughs> You know, and then it comes. So it's not the box itself. If that box showed up at random and you'd opened it up and you didn't know what was in it, you would go, oh, okay, wow, this is cool. But it's the whole experience of like, I've learned about the thing. And then the sense of like, wow, they really put on a show just for me. Yeah. And then once you get on the other side of it, actually, now you have to like learn and interact with this thing. It's going to be part of your life. But it's sort of like when you, you know, you've told me and I remember you and I both have very cute stories about how we met our wives. Yes. I met my wife canoeing on the Gowanus Canal in Brooklyn, a super fun site while we were uh, during a, during a cleanup. You met your wife at a, at a protest. Yeah. I don't know if I'd phrase that as cute, but. (laughs) Well, (laughs) no, but they're, they're, they're sweet stories that actually like, like you remember seeing that person and going, huh. Right. Yes. Like, like That's right. there's a whole That's thing. Right. It's um, and, and so like we as humans, like those moments are incredibly important to us. That moment of connection is a story you come back to and over and over. How did you guys meet is a question you ask at a party. Yeah. Where did you get that bag? What is that? What are you yeah. doing? You know, if yeah. I see you with uh, with a nice pair of headphones, I'm like, hey, what are those headphones? And then you have a whole story. And we actually like. I, I, that's not like the fundamental part of our like re- relationship, but it really is yeah. something that is part of, and this, this is true of software, except that we get to pretend that it's like a magical code robot that lives elsewhere. But when someone's telling you about a new JavaScript framework that is utterly undistinguishable from the other JavaScript frameworks to any yeah. normal human being, they're <laughs> having the same relationship. I yeah. remember when I first Connection. met react. Yeah. 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 And, and I think, I think, you know, different products succeed at this in different ways. People who have an emotional connection with their product, they feel strongly about it. They defend it. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to tell them that, oh my God, you paid how much for that bag or how much for that? It's actually, it is in a way you're sort of, you're, you're crossing a line into their relationship with the product or their relationship with the brand. And that's a powerful thing. And, you know, great marketers, great storytellers, like the legends of Madison Avenue know this, right? Mm -hmm. They know about how to profile that audience and then send signals that are going to evoke emotion and connect them to it. Tell the people about what sparked this conversation. There was an article in the New York Times about a woman. I think she's just an influencer. I think she makes videos and stuff. And when she started selling a tote bag, and the tote bag costs $120. Just a nice a nice tote bag. Yeah. And a lot of people were angry about the fact that she was charging $120. In fact, people go back online. You can be angry, by the way, at a phone and just put it down and just be like, oh, that's ridiculous, and then just walk away. Okay, so so just, just to fill this in, a tote bag for $120, question mark, uh, so is the title of the article yeah. by Madison Malone Kircher. It was from February 1st, and it's got a... There's, it's a very pretty woman, this influencer. Yeah. Her name is Emily Mariko, and she's huge on like TikTok, millions of followers. Yeah. She, and she's, I will point out that the New York Times loves, loves to give you 
a lemon sorbet sort of palate cleanser in between the horrific news that's in the world. And they, mm-hmm. but yet sometimes it's a bit of a wink, right? And that's what's happening here. But go ahead, continue. So no, that, 100... that's, no, that's all of like styles and real estate is essentially trolling. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and it, it's, but everyone acts like, oh, no, no, no. But it really is. The whole point of it is just to, to get everyone enraged. Um, yeah. So yeah, so she sold, a, a, it's a plain cotton tote bag of the kind that you would get at like the grocery store, but you know, obviously sourced with some nicer materials and so on and so forth. She's selling it for $120 and it, as as is typical that sets that is a lot of money for a tote bag and it sets off a whole conversation it's the same conversation we have over and over and over again as a culture about conspicuous consumption which when other people do it is absolutely offensive but when we buy nice sneakers we're just kind of expressing how we love certain things yeah and and i gotta say reading the article uh it, it, it a couple of things came to mind one was for someone to be upset about that it means that they are essentially telling that person, you've hurt my feelings, which means they already have a relationship with them. Like you, to be you upset. Let, you let me down. I, I, I can't you buy your down. hundred. Yeah. Why did you do that? Exactly. Which means she succeeded in some way, right? Initially, mm-hmm. which is there like, is a connection. There's a connection. Otherwise, people would be indifferent about it. Right. But the article ends with the sort of little card trick that The New York Times loves to use. And, and it ends with essentially saying that all the tote bags are sold out <laughs> oh yeah yeah a little kicker a little kicker like <laughs> oh yeah everybody is all fussy about this tote bag but meanwhile that's right miss mariko has learned that she is utterly correct to sell an 120 dollars tote bag she can't keep them in stock they they look this is i remember um much like you, I was deeply broke for a huge chunk of my early life. And I remember hippies lecturing me about capitalism. And I realized, you know, their Birkenstocks cost 140 bucks. And I, I'd never owned a pair of shoes that cost more than like $30 at that point, right? Sure. And, sure. Um, and lots of people don't have shoes at all. And it was just sort of like, there, it's a lot of this, right? Like that is not the societal breakdown that people think it is, um, except they're in the club, right? They're in the club and they feel let down because there was supposed to be a specific kind of virtue here. And now there's an $120 tote bag, but this is the whole freaking deal. And, and this is where everybody makes their margin. And this is where we, why we don't live in a socialist utopia. It's because someone can say, I would like to make $75 per tote bag. And I think I can. And I, I think if you if you mapped out the profit margin of that tote bag, let's say if it's a hundred and twenty dollar tote bag, let's say eighty dollars. I'm being generous, by the way. Probably more. The margins are even more. The gross margin is eighty dollars, meaning this thing is costing me forty bucks all in, and I'm going to charge one hundred and twenty. How can you charge one hundred twenty? Now you can charge one hundred twenty if it's a scarce commodity like gold or some material, but it's not. It's a tote bag, right? How can you do that? The way you can do that is something that's well known in, in, in sales and in economics, which is value pricing. The truth is the buyer values it enough that you can charge it. It's not that it's a better technology or that it's a better material or it's more durable or you're giving them a lifetime warranty. It's that the buyer on the buy side is not calculating the, the material and your shipping costs. What they've decided is it means that much it means enough to me. And here's the beauty about markets. And I'm going to be very capitalist for 10 seconds, Paul, and then I'll go back to being normal. If you go too far, markets 
slap you down real fast. It's real. If you if you are abusive or you somehow broke a pact with your customers or you said something insult markets take care of you real quick, way faster than any comment thread. This doesn't mean that you can't sell nonsense. You can sell gold stereo cables that make mean absolutely no you can sell total snake oil. And if they want it, they'll buy it. But if you charge too much for your snake oil, they'll get upset. Like it's not there's a it's if you it's charge a, too much. Yeah. If you do something that somehow – this is the thing. You've decided to make an, to establish an emotional relationship with your customer base. So if you think you're allowed to go to a Nazi rally that following weekend, you better be very careful because it's not a transactional relationship anymore. They have skin in the game and they can judge you. What's wild – so, you know, we've, we've talked about this before. You and I have our little hobbies and like there is no sound that I could make with the nice fancy synthesizer I bought 18 months ago that I could not make on my Macintosh with $25 worth of software. And in fact, my synth has a few little analog parts, but for the most part, it's digital. And so like, yes, certain headphones have a really nice response to audio signal, but not that great, right? Like there's no, there are- thousands. There's a diminishing return curve that kicks in real fast at about $400, right? there, There are very typically, except for things like healthcare, often really cheap commoditized experiences that are like available to experiences and products that are available to like get anywhere. So this is a fascinating one, right? Because we have chosen as a culture to get upset and write a New York Times article about the $120 tote bag. Meanwhile, we are flooded with tote bags. And there are tote bags. I have 10 tote bags downstairs, right? So I went ahead, you sent this to me, I read it. The actual objective reality of this article is I'm not going to buy it. It doesn't matter. They're going to sell out, sure, but it will represent an infinitesimal number of the tote bags. And why do I care what people do with their $100? I do care a little what people do with their billions, but with their hundreds, we got to just let it go, man. <laughs> yeah. And look, I, I think most don't, right? Most don't care. I mean, I think. Well, no, she I has think, 13 million TikTok followers. So there no, you go. No, but I, I, my point is she has 13 million TikTok followers, but 12 million don't have a strong feeling about the tote bag. They just watch the video. Fair enough. All right. So what? What's the con- what is the conclusion here? Have you ever, by the way, have you ever done the exercise where they make you sell the pen? That sounds like another podcast. Yeah, we'll do that on well, hey at Tipton Jim at Jim, to Jim Nielsen. Or, to um, we have yeah. to do that. So that is the great sales interview question where they make they hand you a pen and they're like, "Sell it to me," and then you're like, yeah. "I can't sell this pen to you. It's just it's too valuable." I, I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I want to close it with just as you're asking a piece of advice, which is also a way to explain my behavior inside of a board. Okay, I I talk about icons and fonts a lot. <sighs> I get upset about it. The team loses its mind. Uh, we've been, and you know what? Everyone nah, tells just, me. Paul, let's just bring you know people. What everyone, in. No, no, don't bring them in. Oh, Nobody God. wants to come in. Ah, uh, no. It's just if if you want to see a a startup out of its mind, watch us talk about the emoji set that's built into a board. Anyway, go ahead, Rich. Go on. Go on. And this is how I want to close it, which is actually a very wily way of defending my behavior. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I believe that these tools, and they are tools ultimately, they're not life-changing <laughs> experiences. Yeah. They're just tools. I believe strongly that there are little things you can do that evoke connection and emotion from people that see them. 
And I, that's my sales. That's me being in sales. That's me being in an agency who had no idea how to get people to connect with this, frankly, tiny little shop in New York City. And I stand by it because I've been in the room enough times to see how people connect with things. And rarely is it them falling out of their chairs because I showed them a drop down menu. Well, this is this is tricky for me, right? Because I am the thing that people tend to connect with in this context. Yeah. And the but you're right. The only thing that will scale is people connecting with a product. Yes. Yes. And I care deeply about the deck. I am a keynote gold certified. I don't know if what level I can be at. I know that thing inside and out because I know that is the way I tell stories with it. You, I was using another tool to get something done and I kept showing it to Rich. He's like, ah, this, this makes absolutely no sense. It's chaos. What are you doing? And he gave me the exact same thing back in keynote and was like, do it like this. But it wasn't even a presentation. No, it's like a five, you're like, do the website in keynote. And I was like, you know what? This is going to take me 10 extra minutes. And then you'll actually, and I did the exact same thing. I copied the exact thing over from the other thing. And you're like, this finally, finally, this is good. This finally makes sense. Let's not end this on being about me. But um, I think this was an interesting conversation. I think this is about marketing and messaging and branding. I freaking hope it was. I mean, it's just, you know. Um, No, I think uh, what we're circling around at our company, and, you know, again, we're like trying not to over-market a board on this thing. We're circling around this moment of connection. And this is where this comes back to this great subject of onboarding, which and, and sort of these parts of the experience, which are not code. They are not features and they are not understood as code. And so we actually do have something exciting and interesting about onboarding to tell the world. But again, we're not going to talk about things until they are launched because we are we are adults. We sure are. All right. So check out aboard.com. Send us an email at hello at aboard.com. Um, we're still here to help if anybody wants to hang out. We need to throw a party. we got to get people in a room. Say we're going to throw a party. Yeah, let's we're going to get that. people to New York City, and then we'll throw another one and on the West Coast. We'll figure it all out. Things are going good. We're starting to see some interesting partnerships. The next year is going to be kind of wild, man. It is going to be wild. Everyone out there, take care of yourselves. Have a lovely week. And thank you for listening to us as we took the extra long route to the destination. No, it's their choice. Everybody, this is the thing. We know this about the consumers of everything. They're not going to listen unless they absolutely want to. Up to them. At 1.5x speed. (laughs) Exactly. Have a lovely week. Bye.